0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who now has his new Father's Day present. Got to put it together himself, the good Deacon Scott Aiken.
2: This is maybe one of the only times we've brought forward on the same train of thought on two radio shows, and that is the barbecue from Father's Day. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is. It is built. It is where it needs to be, and the other one has been retired to the to the shed until I can get it to the recycle bin, recycle place down the road. Yeah. So, yeah, new barbecue in place, and we're going to try and cook on it tonight.
1: So we're so excited that uh, we have a new Weber, which is the same brand, tried and true. We like it a lot. Now, I was complaining because I had some parameters, and I said I didn't want the side burner, but it turns out the best deal that we could find did, in fact, have it. So we're going to try it out, and I'll decide uh, how much you like it or not. (laughs) That I'm going to
2: cook a whole meal on that side burner just to make
1: it worthwhile. I think that's an excellent <laughs> idea. Now, the thing about putting things together like this, this came in a box, not a single part of it was put together, and we had to go through the instruction booklet. I think the best part of that day, putting it together, was that it did happen to be kind of a cloudy day, so it was not hot at all, so we could sit outside and put together. But the weird thing was about the booklet is that this instruction booklet did not have any words in it hardly at all it was basically pictures of what you were supposed to do (laughs) and for me that just didn't seem to work at all
2: (laughs) it's the it's the perfect kid book and i'm the kid having to put this together now you granted you helped me but i i love looking at just the pictures (laughs) and i love looking at the pictures and putting it together no, you're right. That was interesting that they had no words in it. It was just all pictures. And I think that's highly intuitive and I'm a highly intuitive person. So it fit, fit my, uh, my preference as well.
1: So, yes, now you do have this beautiful grill. It is ready to be used. And we did get it together, but we get into these certain projects and I have my way of doing things. I like to lay out all of the tools, count all the screws and and get it laid out and then begin page one, step one. Whereas you tend to do it, well, your way, right? We're not the same person. God intended that for a reason. We have different strengths and we both need each other's way of doing it. I could never open up that booklet and go page by page just looking at pictures on what's supposed to happen. I want to see the words. It's not to say that there is a better way, though, about going at it at things like that. There's just different ways of going about getting things done. Which brings us to today's topic. You know, we have heard this often in in commentary, in songs, on television. I just have to live my truth, or you have your truth and I have mine. And as parents who are raising well Gen Zers in this kind of weird and confusing time of our American culture, we get frustrated because The way that I view the world is not the absolute, and the way that you view the world is not the absolute. There is only one truth, and that comes from God. But boy, to say that in today's society, well, you're going to get blasted at. And we're going to cover a little bit about that topic. So coming up on today's show, I have a great opportunity to talk with the wonderful Carlo Broussard. Of course, you hear him on Catholic Answers Live right here at Matre Day Radio. Well, he has a new book out called The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophy of Today's Woke Moralist. I'm going to be talking to him about the, this new idea of relativism and how it's masked under a new idea of moralists
2: then after that, we'll just talk about how we're working in this day and age to try and recognize the prophetic word that St. John Paul II said relative to this term, relativism. He said the greatest challenge in the third millennia for the church and for the world will be how to deal with the spirit of relativism.
1: So stay with us. We got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Find out what
0: we're made of. We are called to help our friends in need. You can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there.
3: This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling, but of them all, there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. Help me to desire what you desire for me. And I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
4: The Catechism of the Catholic Church defines virtue as the habit and disposition to do good. It speaks of one of the seven virtues as prudence, using reason and judgment to do good. The book of Proverbs speaks of the prudent person knowing where they are going. St. Thomas Aquinas spoke of relying on both prayer and a wise friend when a decision is to be made. As we navigate our spiritual journey, there's crossroads tough decisions require prudence keeping the gospels close we have a compass and a road map to deal with the sometime difficult terrain of life helping us to know where we are being led our prayer empowers our reason and judgment as the holy spirit shines forward the pathway a wise friend is often the best instrument of divine guidance listening and suggesting different avenues this has been a bit of catholic encouragement from michael gesondi
0: Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew.
1: Well, have you ever been in maybe a tense conversation, even a debate on a topic that eventually boils down to the other person saying to you, well, that's just your truth and I have mine. It's an idea that I try to teach my own children that there isn't a version of the truth, right? There is just the truth. But now it seems like there's a new litany of seemingly absolute commandments that's thrown at us. And that opens up this new idea of not relativists, but now woke moralists. And I can think of no better person than to tackle this topic and expose this way of thinking for what it really is. Carlo Broussard's latest book is The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophy of Today's Woke Moralist. It is out by Catholic Answers Press. Good morning, Carlo. Thanks so much for joining us again on the show. Hey, good
5: morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. It's a delight to be with you.
1: Well, first, let's lay a little bit of groundwork when using these new terms, because we hear things like relativism and this woke conversation. And I sometimes have to even look up things like gaslighting because well, in this new day and age, more and more things are thrown at us. So for our listeners, you're using this term, woke moralist. So what is a woke yeah. moralist?
5: Yeah, well, wokeism is sort of an umbrella term that traditionally referred to being awakened to the fact that particular groups of people are being oppressed and the desire to want to free those, quote-unquote, oppressed people from their oppression. Now, on the surface, that's a good thing that we can all get on board with. Whenever there's a group of people that are unjustly oppressed, we want to do what we can to try to rectify that injustice and bring about justice. However, within our modern culture, wokeism has been used to label a certain view of oppression, because if we're talking about oppression, of course, that raises the question, well, what do we mean? How are people viewing, quote-unquote, oppression of certain groups of people? Well, as I point out in my book, The New Relativism, this understanding of oppression is not what your common Joe on the street would understand to be unjust oppression. So, for example, within critical race theory— there is the claim that to say there is objective truth, right and wrong answers, is to suppress people, especially non-white people. For the claim of critical race theory is that objectivity is an ideologue of racism, racism to non-white people. And so the modern moral woke command of, thy shall not be a white supremacist, when you unspin the modern spin, what you discover is that to affirm objective truth, like there is a truth for us to all know by reason, is to be a white supremacist. And so what you see there, Brenda, is that there's a weird kind of skewed understanding of oppression, right? Mm-hmm. Say there's objective truth is to be oppressive and therefore a white supremacist. And so that is a version of of modern wokeism, right? A version that we want to not get on board with, right? Because we want to affirm objective truth. And so this is an example of the new relativism. The old relativism was in your face and blatant, as you put it, Brenda. You have your truth, I have mine. right? But some have claimed that that relativism is gone, passe, it's dead, it's over and done with, because we now live in a culture of woke moralists. You can't be a white supremacist. On the surface, we're like, yeah, I agree with that. I don't like white supremacy. That's bad. That's evil. We need to reject that. But whenever you understand what modern wokeism means by white supremacy, you come to discover that it's actually good old-fashioned relativism in disguise. Wow. And so what I do in the book is I go through 10 examples of woke moralists or woke moral commands and unmask these modern moral commands to expose the relativistic thinking that's lurking behind them, or better yet, embedded within the modern meaning of them, and then instruct the reader with some strategies as to how to refute these woke moral commands and the relativistic thinking embedded within them. So that's one example among the 10 that I go through in the book, The New Relativism.
1: Carlo Broussard joining us today. That is his new book, The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophy of Today's Woke Moralist. Well, Carlo, then help us understand this. You know, we use the authority of our church, and you're calling commandments, we've got 10 of them. But of course, Christ (laughs) gives us so many more ways. You know, that's the authority of our church. That's the authority by which we Catholics say, this is the laws which we live by, right? This sure. is what God has given us. That is our authority. So what do these new moralists then use up to back up their authority of their new commandments?
5: Yeah, that's a great question, Brenda. So uh, with for us as Catholics, we have the authority of Jesus and the church and divine revelation, but we also have the authority of reason where we use reason to come to know things about reality and about our own human nature and human behavior and what is proper moral behavior, even by reason. So reason is an authority that we appeal to. Now, those within our modern culture could very well appeal to reason as well as an authority for these modern moral commands. But what we discover, as I point out in the book, that when we use the measure of reason, we come to discover that these modern woke moral commands are not appealing to reason as an authority for these moral commands, because reason exposes them to be incoherent and absurd. And what they actually appeal to, Brenda, as I point out, at at least within the third section of the book on cultural relativism, the authority that they appeal to for certain modern moral commands is uh, a particular group of individuals. So take, for example, "Thy shall not be anti-science," that modern moral command. It is often claimed that there is an anti-science bias within America, and this came up particularly with the COVID-19 issues. But what I expose in the book, Brenda, and what you discover is that people are not being anti-science. In actuality, they're being scientific. They're simply rejecting the conclusions of a particular group of scientists. And so what this claim, I shall not be anti-science, amounts to is you are anti-science because you are rejecting the particular group of scientists who are in authority and have power. And that, Brenda, is not rooting judgments in reason. That's rooting judgments simply upon in their authority, which can be legitimately challenged by other legit scientists who come to different scientific conclusions. So it's not a matter of being anti-science. What their claim is, is you're being anti-our group. You're rejecting our group's mm-hmm. narratives. Oh. And that's just a manifestation of cultural relativism.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if you really want to blow their mind, just remind them that our entire scientific method, well, you can thank the Catholic Church for that. Carlo's new book, The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophies of Today's Woke Moralists, you can find it on the website at Catholic Answers. All right, Carlo, you you found all of these areas and you talk so just profoundly about each one and really enlighten us. But look, now me as a parent, I think about my children growing up in this world. I have a grandchild on the way. I think about what are we setting up for them in the future? If nothing is absolute truth, if there are no rules specifically for anybody well, that means that eventually, I mean, you look down the road, 5, 10, you know, 15 years. What is our society going to look like? What are we going to be allowing in the world because of this if we don't stop it? I mean, how do we live this to its conclusion or maybe get us on a, on the a right track again? What, what are we left with now?
5: Yeah, well, what we're left with is what we're experiencing now. And the ones who have offices and positions of power their might is making right, their might is determining the quote-unquote truth of things, and any critical response and challenge in response is silence and squash, and that's the essence of tyranny, and that's what we're beginning to experience within our culture today. How can we respond and try to change the tides? I think, Brenda, it, it all boils down to doing what our Lord did, looking to our Lord and getting on the ground, uh, rubbing shoulders with people, and talking to them, inviting them to consider the beauty of reality and truth. And the way to do that is to expose the insanity and absurdities that are embedded within these modern moral commands. And I'm optimistic, uh, Brenda, that I think the pilot light of reason is still on for a lot of people, Mm. and that if we fan that flame, that reason will come to recognize the absurdity of the insane, right, and begin to go back towards uh, a life of sanity, and and, we, and that just that requires us being very persuasive and kind and natural conversation of pointing out these absurdities of uh, modern woke moral commands.
1: Oh, and that pendulum cannot swing back soon enough. Carlo, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for writing this wonderful book. We'll listen to you soon on Catholic Answers.
5: Thank you, Brenda.
1: And again, that is Carlo Broussard. So the name of his book, The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophy of Today's Woke Moralist. It is out by Catholic Answers. I will be sure to add a link on the podcast of this interview where you can get right to Catholic Answers bookstore. You can purchase a copy for yourself or please use one of our wonderful Catholic local bookstores. I'm sure they'll get a copy for you as well. You can find those links on the podcast of this interview, Materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app.
0: Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so.
1: It was a wonderful opportunity to talk with Carlo. He has such a wealth of knowledge and experience with this. And for you and I, we really struggle with this with our own children because they have many influences also being from school and from their friends. And then here we are trying to raise them with this idea of there's not your truth and my truth. There is one truth and it's not we decide based on how we think what morals should be but it's based on God's truth.
2: You know, in in John Paul II, as I mentioned uh, just before we uh, broke for the interview, the spirit of relativism that he spoke of, he he wrote an encyclical called Fetus et Ratio. And in it, he says, a legitimate plurality of positions has yielded to an undifferentiated pluralism based upon the assumption that all positions are equally valid which is one of today's most widespread symptoms of the lack of confidence in truth. So to your point, truth becomes diluted to such a condition that we can't know what truth is. And and I hear the echo of, of uh, Pontius Pilate asking Jesus, what is truth? And I think for the church, we have to understand and work to hold in uh, all of our discussions, the truth that the church teaches in such a way that we can have then eyes to see and ears to hear, as I often say. And when Jesus heard that from Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate did not have the eyes to see or the ears to hear what truth is. So Jesus was silent at that point. And so I think that just echoes into into our millennia with the words that St. John Paul II said in this encyclical that he established in 1998 as he prepared us for the transition from the second millennia to the third millennia, that we're going to really be challenged with this. And our kids are really going to be challenged Mm -hmm. with this. And we see that just play out time and again in how social media uses relativism and uses tolerance to a place where it, it dilutes what is truth. It then becomes um, mired in this your truth and my truth. And as you said at the at the beginning, that we get lost in that if we don't have something to guide us. And for us as Catholics, it has to be Jesus Christ who guides us. What does he say? How has he acted? And what can we do to, to emulate that in our daily activities?
1: And for us parents, it's even more imperative that we stand firm and really know what it is that God intends for us to do and act and teach our kids because we know kids, they're full of questions and they want to have answers. And then as they get older, well, the answer is not enough because they, they have to live it. So when they say, I want to do this or I have this thought and we as parents go, no, that's not going to happen this way. And this is why. And then, of course, that's when you can come up to children when they get upset and they said, well, I just got to tell you how I feel, because that's what they've heard from other sources. You've just got to be who you are and say what you want and believe what you want, because well, that's your truth. And boy, we as parents, we've got an uphill battle when it comes to relaying God's truth and relaying the truth and beauty of who they are, because of God, it feels like there's there can be no winning here.
2: In today's day and age, the aspect of morality, as an example of what Carlos was getting at in in terms of that that um, definition, has been so uh, diluted uh, by virtue of these aspects of your truth and my truth. What was c- more clearly defined as moral and immoral now has been so convoluted to our children, uh, to our generation of children, that it's hard for them to make a distinction of what is moral and what is immoral. In fact, it's almost verboten to say there's something immoral in this day and age. It's more just be accepting, just be tolerant. There's people who look in life and do things differently than you do, even though you might view that as immoral doesn't make it immoral well what is the lens for which I determine something as immoral it should be the church it should be Christ and Christ has made it clear what is moral and what's not moral and we in our effort to try and express that in society I think we get overwhelmed and we get very defensive almost in a, re- a reactive way that might be even um, militaristic I'm gonna fight this but you know I I Go back to what I've said in the past. Christ is the lamb. And Christ was not weak by any means. But to hold back and not be uncharitable, he was full of charity, even to the most egregious individual, even to Pilate. Again, to use that aspect of when he asked what is the truth, well, Christ is maybe in some ways being merciful because Pilate can't hear that. He's not in a place to hear that yet. And so, how do we determine morality? We have to use our faith to guide us, because society is not going to be the guide of what's moral and immoral, and it's even less so in this day and age of this relativism, as again, St. John Paul II spoke to. This is our greatest challenge for the church. The spirit of relativism will consume our understanding of what is truth if we don't hold tight to the teachings.
1: And for sure, we as parents, we have got to make sure that those lines of communication with our children remain open as much as possible. You know, getting them to the top of the mountain, it's not a hike straight up the side of a mountain, but we got to remember to take those cutbacks and ease it up ever so slowly, walking with them in every one of their questions for sure. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer?
2: Lord, we recognize the great work that needs to be done in the world, but help us to be at peace as we enter into this. Let us not lose our peace or our joy of this creation that you have placed us in. And in doing so, can we be an example to so many people? We ask that we can be. And we do so in your holy name, Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith our family, and our View from the Pew.
2: God bless and have a great week.
0: You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at materdayradio.com pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.